1: Welcome to the Dr. Donna Podcast here on the Experience of the Soul Podcast channel. Innovative, evidence based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 107, Aging Part 2. And now, your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley.
2: I'm Dr. Donna. Welcome to my podcast. And I've been talking about life on life's terms. And, you know, I left off last week talking about aging. That's definitely life on life's terms. There's no way around it. You know, even if you, say, aren't around when you're 21, you've still aged. It happens to everyone. And... Last time I was talking about how you feel this sense of importance in the world. You know, I, <laughs> I was young, you know, when I got my master's degree, I was 24 years old and, uh, I, I was a farmer and rancher. Okay. That's what I was born and raised doing farming and ranching. And so I would, I would look at, other people doing what they did to figure out what I was gonna do now that I wasn't doing those things I was born and raised to do uh to be a farmer's wife, to be a rancher's wife, to you know take care of a guy that would supposedly take care of me and those those uh agreements, you know, but I saw that those agreements always didn't work out, and the losers were usually women. so anyway. That's another day, another story. Um, but I thought, how do you do that? So what did I do? I went and got a briefcase. Because <laughs> in my world, you either had a lunchbox or a briefcase. And when I was in school, so I didn't have a lunch box per se, but I had a lunch bag. And, uh, I would take my lunch with me wherever I went. And I still do that. I do it more now than I did before. But, um, so I went and bought a briefcase and I thought, well, what do I put in this briefcase? Because I want to be important in the world and being my size and being female in, you know, even though I was in a, you know, what was considered a largely female, profession which wasn't true at all it's just that the workers were female the administrators were male <laughs> they were the ones telling us what to do and how to do it so i thought well i'm going to be i i'm just going to be important here so i bought this briefcase and i didn't even know what to put in it so i had a date book i put that in it i had a notebook i put that in it but it's like i didn't know what else to put in this but so i carried a basically a empty briefcase around for a while and i decided it's you know after a few years not only is this useful to me it's kind of a problem because i like riding my bike to work try doing that with a briefcase or um you know i don't have anything in to put it so now i just have to worry about somebody ripping it off this is a nice one so finally after many years, because I stopped using it, but it was a nice briefcase. And I thought, well, maybe maybe at some point I'll have enough uh, things to put in this briefcase that will make, but the main thing was that I thought, well, that's what you do when you look important. And, you know, I struggled with people taking me seriously anyway because of my size and because I'm female. But now I think about it and it's like, over time, what I how I did that was irrelevant. Because over time, when I would go to an office, I had a backpack. That felt more normal to me. And that I put my my date book and my lunch and whatever else I needed in that backpack. And I went to work carrying a backpack at five o'clock in the morning because I like to get a good walk in before I ended up at work and you know, I didn't even really need to take the backpack, but I did need my date book and going a few miles walking with a date book was a problem. So it went in my backpack. And even that went along with who I was as a therapist and my backpack. Now I talked to, uh, You know, again, it's a a physician friend of mine, and she said one of the things that made her always feel important was the white coat. You know, doctors wear this white coat. And when she stopped being a doctor, it was like, so I didn't have my white coat anymore. And, you know, wearing scrubs just didn't seem to cut it because everybody knows I'm not going to surgery. I'm old, okay? So... You know, that sense of, like, being part of a big thing that you are involved in, it goes away. And when it does, you feel a sense of loss. i said before, aging is all about loss. Okay? And, and I had a friend that talked about, yeah, you lose your sense of hearing, you lose your sense, you know, you lose your eyesight, you lose... You know, your voice sometimes, you lose your agility. And, you know, I'm one of those people that works really hard and all of my friends, they work really hard trying to keep what they have. But, you know, when you're aging and if, you, if you're if you aware of it, you can tell that things that you lose. And I asked uh, my friend who's a doctor, she said, I said, why don't they write a book? You know, there's a book about every darn thing. There are really no good books about aging and what to expect. It's like, oh, there's a thousand books about what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect in the baby's first year, what to expect when they go off to school. What You know, there's all kinds of books about what to expect. What to expect when you're aging. It might not be a bestseller because everybody's excited about it, but it would help because, because you don't know what to expect. I'm telling you some of what I know, and this is from talking to other people and going through it myself. One of the things that that people tell me, who you know, people who are aging um, and they're la- actually in their elderly years, not going to work all the time, not raising children. Uh, one of the things that happens, and everybody that I've talked to has told me this, they start to think they're invisible. They feel invisible. Now, you know, I used to think that when, say, you were female, that we felt invisible. This was a young, this was a thing that I used to talk about when I was young. It's like, geez, it's like you just feel invisible because no one really listens to you. Nobody cares what you have to say um, unless you're beautiful. And then they don't really see you. They just see the beauty. Right. And I had one of my colleagues from Australia actually wrote a couple of books about women's issues back then. And, She said, you're not invisible. You're just not observable. (laughs) You're not invisible. You are actually there, but you're not observed. Okay, so I'm not going to talk about that. But it feels like you're invisible. And others might think that you just don't matter. And that's why you feel invisible. Like, as a human being, you don't matter. I noticed the first time that this ever happened to me. I didn't even know what it meant. But I was probably maybe about sixty-five. I was still I worked full time till I was seventy. Um and I was probably about sixty-five when this happened. But like I said before, I used to walk to work and I'd walk very early in the morning with my backpack and of course, I'd take my backpack home. So I was taking my backpack oh, and I went up a hill because I lived up on well, way up on a hill. So I was going to go across the street with the light and some person just started turning, uh, right and almost took me out. And yeah, they yelled out, I didn't see you. Okay. So here is a woman who Has a red jacket on, a black backpack. Okay. How do you not see this person? And I thought, wow, that is really curious. And then, and then almost a week later, I was halfway across the street and somebody almost clipped me. I, I had to jump out of the way. And I thought, what is going on here? And when I talked to some of my friends, I said, Oh yeah, it's called being invisible. Once you get to a certain age, people don't see you anymore. And it's that loss of importance of being a human being. And so that feeling of being invisible doesn't feel good. You know, I've had it happen on trails and I'm on trails a lot in the summertime. There are mountain bikers on some of the trails I go on, and I'll tell you what, invisible. I know, even though there are signs everywhere when you go on these, uh, multi-use trails, it's like it has people on foot have the right of way. Bikers are supposed to stop and move for people on foot. Let's see, in three years, Of hiking probably four or five times a week at least. That's happened twice. That somebody actually got off their bike and moved out of the way for me to pass. When they got off their bike and moved out of the way, I thought, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to have a confrontation of some sort. (laughs) It never occurred to me that they were Doing what that rules ask them to do. Now, I don't know if that's part of being old or if it's female or if it's just being rude, but, um, it's dangerous because here's, here's another fact of aging. You just don't move as fast as you used to. And so if someone's coming whipping around a bend and you happen to be standing there getting out of the way, is harder than it used to be. That's just a fact. Jumping out of the way of a car probably isn't going to work out so well. You can't move like you used to. And, you know, I'm a person that takes really good care of my body because I know it's my only source of transportation. I've always known that. And so, I take at least as good care of my body as I do my car. Okay. Or my bike. Anything that is a transportation, I take really good care of and my body's number one. And so, you know, I'm 72. I eat right. I get the right amount of sleep. I exercise. And I do more than, you know, hiking. I do upper body exercise, too, so that I can engage my core to pick up my grandson. Um, and even though I do all that, my body is still not like it was. I've always been athletic, so it's not something that I just picked up when I got A- aging, I've always been athletic. I've always moved my body. I've always, you know, liked moving more than not. And, you know, again, here's another reality about being female in my generation. Even though, you know, being a therapist was an automatic almost for me because of my abilities. I would never have chosen to do life's work sitting down. Eight hours a day with the only time i get to move during the day is on my way to work when i'm walking on my way to work when i'm leaving weekends holidays and between sessions okay never would have chosen this profession i would have probably chosen something like forestry or you know i have a friend who actually started an adventure company even though she was female, she was probably the only female adventure company. She's a little younger than me, but not by much. And so she's been traveling and hiking and stuff all her life. That would have been me. It never occurred to me that I had any other options. Anyway, so, you know, I have always moved. And even though I've always moved, oh, hey, I got that uh, calf problem. that pulled calf muscle that I had. And I was told by my doctor that if I was younger, that probably wouldn't have happened because there are some things that happen to you as you age physically. They don't tell you about it unless you're in a crisis. I learned that your body doesn't retain fluid and some of that fluid is what makes, you know, the muscles and tendons and everything work together. They can't do it without fluid. It kind of dries up and it becomes problematic. Who told me that? Nobody. You know, my eyes get dry. Who told me that that was just going to happen? Nobody. Now the things that I knew were things that I could see as a young person. Like people would get bent over a little bit, a little crooked, uh, might limp a little bit probably have false teeth, um, things like this that I could see. But these things that happen, you know, weren't something that I was told about. So being visible was big, and it still is. I just, I can't believe it. I'll go into a doctor's office, and I swear to God, they didn't hear or see me they didn't hear a word I said or see me for who I was. That, you know, I don't know. I don't, I haven't found a gerontologist, somebody who specializes in old people. Um, so I, I don't have one of those. I have regular doctors that everybody goes to. And I swear to God, I have only met one, one time that, Spoke to me like I was a regular human being. Talked down to you, kind of like you don't exist. You know, and you've lost your mind, and you're not very smart. And it's not fun. That part is not fun. Now, I know that other, you know, in in other periods of time, not ours, but in other periods of time. I would be viewed as a person with wisdom and an elder in the community with wisdom. And those same young people who look down on me, who talk down to me, would be coming to me, asking me things that they would know I've been through because I'm elderly. And they would ask my opinion and seek my opinion. And I guess this podcast is part of that. You know, it wasn't something I I thought, well, I think now that I am partially retired, I think I'll do a podcast. That did not happen to me. It was requested of me, and I felt honored by that because, you know, somebody thought that I had something to say. But, you know, I just wonder what would happen if people who were we're older, young people go to them and say, you know, I know you've been around. I know you've been through these things. Can you give me some guidance, some direction, some of your experience so that I don't have to reinvent the freaking wheel? <laughs> but, you know, everybody's got to reinvent the wheel their own way in our, in our society. So that invisibility piece is really hard. It's hard to take, and it's a true story that's happened. And I've heard this from more than me, uh, how how they just feel like they don't count anymore. And then there's, you know, I said there's this loss, right? But part of the loss really is that you start to lose your hearing, you start to lose your eyesight. You know, when I started losing my eyesight, I thought, what? you know it's like this this is the end and found out i had cataracts like oh i thought that happened to old people oh wait a minute <laughs> i guess i guess i'm there so fortunately somebody figured out how to move, remove those um but you become injured more easily okay so i have my my best friend who i've known since i was 25 um she tripped over a garbage can and you know this is what happens when you age so she knew she was tripping when you're young you can maybe regain your balance because you can move fast remember I said you move you're not a fast mover so you know I've tripped before over stuff when I was younger I don't I didn't have a lot of scars I don't I didn't have any, I'm knocking on wood now, broken bones, Um, you know, but here she is, you know, she's older than me and she tripped over a garbage can and went flying and broke her hip, the broken hip problem for old people, right? And this is part of what happens is that if you fall, you're more likely to become seriously injured. When you fall as a young person, you're more likely to bounce back unless you fall in a weird way. <laughs> okay? But if you just trip over something and fall, it might scare you, you might skin your knees, might skin your hand, but you're probably not going to end up in the hospital because you tripped over something. Now if you're a football player and you tripped over someone's foot, you might end up in the hospital. but you know most of us when we're young, We don't think about, oh, I better, I better make sure that nothing's in the way. You know, I better make sure that every rug in my house is stuck to the floor. If I have, if I have rugs, it's carpeting that's not throw rugs. Throw rugs don't exist in old people's homes. And if they do, they won't for long because those throw rugs will become a source of danger. You either step on it and fall, or you trip on it in the middle of the night. Okay? So these are realities that people who are aging go through. It's like you, you know, when you get in the car, you have to really make sure you can see, you know, the in the rearview mirror. Make sure you're sight. So now, everybody's supposed to do this, but I will bet most people don't, Okay, my side mirrors are working, my, because your ability to stop is going to be less than it was 10 years ago. Your, your, um, the time, what's the word I'm looking for here? And that happens too. Um, <laughs> response time slows down. Okay. So if somebody runs out in front of you, your response time to be able to see it and then react to it by stopping becomes longer. Okay. So you got to do everything you can do to make sure that you are safe when you drive. Okay. So, and, and sometimes it can be frightening because other people are not thinking about this and they're driving as if they're fine <laughs> or they have, you know, a uh, faster response time or because they do but you know these these losses so my friend with the broken hip i don't know how she'll recover she's motivated she really wants to recover completely so she can walk but she's more aged than me and it's always a question about how well that that recovery will be and that's part of it it's like you get injured when you're older and your recovery might not be what you wished it would be or what it could have been so you start to realize that oh this body of mine this primary source of transportation isn't working as well it's kind of working a little bit like you know, that 1953 pickup truck. And you can change that oil, you can do whatever you want to do, but it's still a 1953 pickup truck and it doesn't run the way that this new one does. And it never will. Um, I had talked a little bit about this, but feeling obsolete in your work, in your profession, like, <laughs> I uh, told one of the physicians who was treating me like I was an idiot one day. I said, you know, that I have written a book. I have a podcast. I know what I'm doing. I really wish you wouldn't speak down to me. And, you know, he looked at me like he didn't even know what I was talking about. And he goes, oh, that's nice. That's what, you know, when you feel obsolete, it's like you feel like you're like that 1953 pickup truck that nobody's bothering to restore. It's just sitting in the barn. And that's what it feels like. Now, there's one more big issue, and I'm going to talk about that next time. I won't even tell you what it is. I've covered most of them that I know about because good luck finding anything to really read about it or even you know aarp you can get when you're 50 so that's not the same thing i'm talking about and they have articles but i sit there and go yeah that's not really real (laughs) so um but next time i'm going to start with probably one of the biggest issues about aging. see if you can guess what it is
1: Thank you for listening to the Dr. Donna podcast here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. The Dr. Donna Podcast is copyright 2023, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul Podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.